0: Thank you for listening to the Voices of UMass Chan podcast, featuring the people, ideas, and advances of UMass Chan Medical School. This podcast is produced by the Medical School's Office of Communications.
1: Welcome to the Voices of UMass Chan podcast. I'm Jennifer Berryman, Vice Chancellor of Communications. In today's episode, we're talking sustainability and environmental efforts here at UMass Chan. And our guest is Suzanne Wood, the Associate Director of Sustainability and Campus Services at UMass Chan. So Suzanne, let's dive right into this. Uh, When did UMass Chan begin a formal sustainability program at the medical school?
0: Yeah, so it's kind of a really interesting story. Um, our first sustainability committee started back in 2004, which actually predated our formal sustainability program. Um, and I think it's a really interesting story um, and speaks to kind of the heart of engagement and sustainability by our campus community. Um, so while I wasn't there during the inception of the sustainability committee, um, it is you know important to note that you know, grew out of this grassroots movement for the campus to feel engaged and to make a difference around sustainability. Um, it's evolved over time. Um, it was strengthened um, in 2007 by an executive order um, 484 signed by um, Governor Patrick um, that committed state agencies to significant greenhouse gas and energy efficiency goals and really kind of sparked a revolution in state agencies to focus on sustainability and energy management. We then hired um, in 2009 our first sustainability and energy manager, um, and that really sparked the formalization of our sustainability programs um, here at the medical school. Um, And those programs have continued to evolve. You know, support of the campus community has always been there in, in varying degrees and in varying efforts. And so I think it's a really exciting time, especially as we kind of move into the implementation of our. Um, new five year sustainability and climate action plan to look again and kind of reevaluate how we really can engage the campus community in some of our sustainability efforts moving forward.
1: Right. And so I want to sort of break this down piece by piece because when we talk about sustainability, we talk about environmental awareness and advancements. You know, it's not just one thing, it's buildings, it's power, it's energy, it's recycling, it's all kinds of things. So um, what are some of the uh, examples of things that the medical school is really focused on improving and becoming sort of a leader in, in terms of sustainability?
0: Yeah, our, our programs, like you said, are really all-encompassing. You know, we focus on areas of, of waste and recycling, for instance, and develop programs um, to support the reuse of materials. We have a really successful program known as our swap shop, which looks to kind of extend the life of programs on campus that's, you know, been around for, for several years, you know, and the campus compute community really enjoys um, being able to go and kind of shop and, and find repurposed items um, and prevent having to buy new ones or, or finding, you know, not having to dispose of ones that still have useful life in them. We have other programs um, that focus around food. Um, and sustainable food procurement, um, working with dining services to develop um, relationships with the Worcester Regional Food Hub to integrate sustainable food into our um, dining services, partnering with the Office of Wellbeing to do a community-supported agriculture share, um, CSA share program, which we piloted last year with a lot of success. And we're looking to recreate this year to bring, you know, local food um, and produce to campus and give campus community members the opportunity to participate um, and have access to local food um, while also some supporting local farmers and giving them kind of a guaranteed source of income, which is really important for a lot of small farms. And then we have a lot of focus on um, electric vehicles, um, you know, we have a lot of electric vehicle charging stations has been a really big, again, very much a grassroots movement, um, and something that was asked for by the campus community um, to support, you know, electrification of vehicles um, from both kind of a commuter perspective, and then we're also looking at electrifying our fleet, and we have over 75 charging ports on campus, which is is pretty significant. Um, and again, you know, very exciting, because it's a program that was really much, very much supported by the campus community um, and developed um, by the campus community. And then a lot on buildings and energy. So um, again, I mentioned earlier, Executive Order 44. Um, We had a new one released, Executive Order 594. Um, And all of those um, established state goals, Um, a lot of them focused around energy and greenhouse gas emissions on campus. So we have a lot of focus um, on our programs that look at how we use our energy on campus, how do we improve the efficiency of our buildings um, through you know, lighting upgrades, building management systems, and then how do we build as we expand our campus, how do we build in a way that's, that's really sustainable um, and that we can continue to support the you know, growth and needs of the university while also continuing to you know, meet and support the goals of the state for um, energy efficiency and decarbonization.
1: Yeah, and that's so important because um, you know on, on a, a busy lab, lab intensive campus like ours, where those needs are so great and growing and continuing to grow, and how can we do that in the most responsible, sustainable way ever? We are going to talk about buildings more in just a minute, but I just want to ask you a little bit about your background. I mean, this is so this is such a wide ranging field. So how did you? Um, come to be involved in this kind of work?
0: Yeah, great question. Um, So I completed my undergraduate and graduate degrees in environmental science and policy from Clark University and ended up actually going back um, and getting an MBA from UMass Amherst Eisenberg School of Management. But I've always had, you know, through my kind of Educational experience as well as internships, this real passion for corporate social responsibility, the integration of sustainability programs and institutions. And this idea that environmental sustainability and financial sustainability shouldn't be and don't have to be mutually exclusive, that you know, they really should have a symbiotic relationship. And if an organization is sustainable um, from an environmental perspective, they'll inherently be, you know, more resilient and more financially sustainable as well. And so I kind of always found a passion um, in that that direction. I joined UMass um, Chan right after college, um, actually in environmental health and safety, um, and spent about three years in EHS before moving into the sustainability and energy manager position, which, you know, I was fortunate at the time, um, you know, it was very much my dream job. It's, it's, it was what I wanted to do, you know, implement institutional sustainability, you know, um, and make that change. And I spent you know, five years um, doing that you know, in the role of sustainability and energy management before you know, taking on some additional professional you know, responsibilities and roles um, within the organization. But it was important for me to retain that tie to sustainability because I think that really is the heart of um, you know, where my passion lies. And I think it's been a great opportunity for me professionally, but also from a sustainability perspective is so many of our campus services on on campus have such a strong tie to sustainability. And so I've loved the opportunity over the past, you know, two years to really look at how we can integrate sustainability more operationally um, into the heart of of UMass Chan um, and not necessarily separate as a standalone program.
1: And are you seeing since you first came to the campus uh, both on our campus and generally, I guess, are you seeing sort of a greater awareness, greater acceptance, greater expectation that sustainability is really baked into the plan um, over the years that you've been involved in this?
0: I definitely have. I think it's I think it's been a really great progression to kind of see and evolve um, and how our programs have evolved. Um, You know, I think when I started um, the focus was, was very much on, on waste and recycling. And, and not that that's not important. And I think that's always going to be the heart of sustainability programs and pillars. I think that, that that's evolved over time um, to take on and try to solve more complex problems and really more solution driven. You know, I love to see how the campus community kind of reacts um, and where, you know, early on in my career, I felt that they would bring challenges. They bring solutions now, which I think is a great change in approach. That you know they ask for specific, you know, tangible changes to be made, um, which as a program manager is, is is important and helpful, and provides you know constructive feedback. Um, And I and I kind of love the relationship that we've been able to build with our campus community members to be able to have that feedback loop, um, which I just think has really strengthened over time. And so um, we started to again start to think about more complex problems about how how our campus commutes, you know, electrification of vehicles, you know, how we how we use buildings and energy, Um, you know, we have you know the central plan how does that integrate into our plan and resiliency and how does that continue to support our campus um, and how does that support change over time and and so it's been a really great kind of transformation again over the last five years to just see the level of engagement um, and kind of questioning positively that the campus community has around sustainability
1: yeah what more could we be doing um so let's let's dive into some buildings because um th- so there's an ambulatory care center on campus the campus has grown enormously over the last decade and so in, in 2010 the ambulatory care center opened that's LEED certified in 2013 a major research building the sherman center um opened. that's also meets LEED standards and now we have a new va clinic on campus and we're building another new education and research building that all will meet these new higher standards. So can you talk about that and and, um, maybe look forward to some of the things that um, will be baked into those buildings?
0: Definitely. So our ambulatory care center, um, like you mentioned, um, was built in in 2010 and was our first LEED certified building on campus. It was LEED certified silver. And so for those of, you who don't know, um, LEED stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design, Um, and it's a four-tiered rating system um, from certified to platinum um, for green building design. And it's become our standard for campus, driven by a combination of kind of the state has adopted LEED as its primary mechanism for green building certification, uh, but it's also the most widely adopted um, in our area. And I think this was a really great Example and precedence of how we can start to incorporate green building design into campus. The Sherman Center was was obviously um, our next um, big construction in 2013, and it was LEED certified gold. Um, and this one was really exciting because I think it set a really important sent a really important message that again, sustainability and sustainable elements don't have to be exclusive of research and that we can develop smart buildings with high energy efficiency to support our research needs while still considering the environment that have good operational paybacks and so that we can continue to meet and grow the needs of our campus while recognizing our impact on the environment and trying to mitigate um, that impact. And so I think that that was a really great example of how, as you mentioned, these very high energy intense buildings
1: Labs, lighting, electricity. um, Exactly,
0: exactly. All of those things matter. All of those things matter, you know? And so how do we, how can we design the buildings early to reduce some of those energy demand needs, heat, recovery, you know, orientation in the building, incorporating building automation and occupancy sensors and all of these other attributes that have since in many ways become standards for buildings on our campus. As we look to the future, um, as you mentioned, we have the VA, um, you know, it's, its construction is just completed, um, but we're still, going through the certification process um, for LEED. Um, So this building is interesting, um, as it was designed for the VA um, as well as additional um, tenants. And so our relationship to green building design was slightly different in this one. And so while it's still um, gonna be um, LEED certified, um, it'll be LEED certified for what's known corn shell. Um, So it's the exterior um, and shared spaces of the building. Um, But it's also going to be certified under Green Globes, which is an additional green building um, design standard that federal departments use. And so um, it'll be also Green Globes certified um, eventually um, as we're going through that certification process as well. So I think that that's that one's another really exciting one.
1: Excellent. So um, let's just wrap up with um, the five-year plan. UMass Chan uh, through your office recently released a five-year climate action plan. Uh, can you tell us about the four areas of focus in that plan?
0: Certainly. So we developed the five-year plan with the goal of having it be very implementable. So um, you know you may notice that you know the, the focus areas are very much to some degree um, facilities operations focused and this was this was intentional um, our sustainability program falls within facilities management um, and it was important that you know we develop goals and programs for areas that we had um, operational control over and would have significant inf- influence so one of our areas is um, transportation Um, So this area of focus really looks at, you know, how can we reduce greenhouse gas emissions from commuting, from fleet vehicle use, and a lot of this, um, the goals and strategies look at how do we, you know, move towards more electrification, um, promote a campus community that can walk or bike or find alternative modes of transportation to campus safely, um, and how do we, we promote that um, and support that kind of change in behavior. We also have a focus area that focuses on buildings and energy. Um, I think we talked a lot about this. A lot right. of this, you know, falls around um, new buildings, but also existing buildings. Where can we make retrofits? Where can we upgrade, you know, HVAC, you know, you know retrofit for heat recovery? Um, and then again, how do we use energy on campus? What are our main fuel inputs? You know, how do we look? the central plant, what are our fuel sources for the central plant? How do we move to alternative energy? The NERB is looking at geothermal, um, which is really exciting. And so, you know, how do we, we incorporate and move forward to um, support and promote renewable energy um, as well as you know move forward with a decarbonization plan. Um, and how do we look at you know more formally decarbonizing um, our campus infrastructure again in a way that you know maintains the resiliency of our campus.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ambitious.
0: yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's ambitious. not an easy feat, and I think that that's you know one thing that we always go back to is that it's a five year plan, but it's a, a five year of many. Um, and so this is we we try to take bite sized pieces um, because if you take too much, it can be overwhelming. And I think building an energy is definitely one of those areas that can can quickly become you know overwhelming in some sense. We also have grounds and water management is another major um, focus area. Um, This one looks at how we use our campus grounds, you know, we have a great amount of green space, we have a great amount of area on campus, and how do we make it kind of more accessible to the campus community as a way for uh, them to enjoy and connect with nature as well as a place of respite, and then how do we maintain water on campus either, you know, through Grounds, you know, and look at irrigation and opportunities for use of non potable water, um, as well as inside our buildings, um, fixture changes, low flow fixtures, what are opportunities for gray water reuse? Um, is our in our central plant as well as the similar questions. Is where are there opportunities for us to uh, reduce water use um, or move to non potable water sources where possible? And our last area, um, as I, I mentioned earlier, I think is really kind of a pillar of, of sustainability programs, and it's that materials um, and resources section, which looks at waste, recycling, inputs to the campus. And I think this one is, you know, very multidisciplinary, and that, you know, it, it covers everyone from procurement of, you know, who's purchasing, what are we purchasing, what's how, and what is it coming into campus, and then, you know, where does it where does it go? Is can we extend the life of that product? Does it can it be recycled? In all of those aspects um, that I think are a constant, you know, question and again challenge. We're, we're a healthcare institution, you know, we have a lot of research, we have a lot of single use packaging, and so how can we make small changes in in the, the materials that we buy um, that potentially we don't have to dispose of them? And so um, all questions um, again not ones with easy answers. And so
1: you're going to be busy for the next five years. Yeah, I
0: think that's <laughs> our thesis. <laughs> that's 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 exactly it. And I think that's exactly why we're to some degree asking for, for community support is, you know, very much the development of the plan, again, was focused a lot within facilities. They were the group that were going to be at the end of the day, very much responsible for implementing the plan. And It was really important for us to get buy in from them. Uh, and and make sure that they felt that the goals that they were developing were achievable. And now that we're at the, we're moving into the implementation phase, I think it's just as important to get the campus community's perspective and feedback and ideas. And you know, sometimes it's a pie in the sky idea but it, it could work or, or it could have grounds or it could just spark a discussion that leads us somewhere else that we weren't thinking about. So, you know, I would love to see in the implementation phase, the campus community engaged in those working groups um, to support kind of really directive movement um, and directed movement towards helping us achieve these goals um, from an advisory perspective, from you know, a just stay informed perspective, I think it's, it's great, um, and I think there's a lot of great resources and great minds on campus that could really help us solve these really difficult problems.
1: So many of us want to support this work. We want to be a part of the solution. We want to be a part of a better um, future and better patterns and habits going forward. So um, I'm thrilled to hear that you're getting so much support from the students and the faculty and the staff. And let's just put a final point on it. Um, as we wrap up this conversation. So if anyone wants to read more about the five-year sustainability plan at UMass Chan, you can go to umassmed.edu slash growinggreen. Suzanne, if people want to provide input or be a part of these working groups or help you um, with your goals, how can they reach out?
0: Certainly, so they can reach out directly to me, um, to my email, suzanne.wood at umassmed.edu or to our sustainability program email address at growing.green at umassmed.edu. We're looking at, you know, moving towards the implementation phase, kind of the end of January, beginning of February. Um, So we're hoping to start coordinating these working groups um, in the relatively near future. And so we're really excited to um, have some engaged campus community members join these working groups with us.
1: Perfect. That email again was growing.green at umassmed.edu. Suzanne, thank you so much for sharing all of the work that you're doing on behalf of our campus community. Thanks for your time. No problem. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you. So we will include a list of resources in our show notes for anyone who'd like to access the full five year plan or more details in the Growing Green newsletter. And thank you for listening to the Voices of UMass Chan podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media at UMass Chan. I'm Jennifer Baring.
0: Follow UMass Chan Medical School on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our handle is UMass Chan. On YouTube, find us at UMass Chan Medical School. I'm not the only